Fucking relevant. <laughs> Where was that word when we were in high school, you know? Right. Back in my day, <laughs> you know, the quest for clout and relevancy, it wasn't even, it wasn't a fucking thing. So like, you know, social media has just generated this like toxic culture. Social media fucked shit up. It's cool. Like, you know, when it was used right, you know, but it's like, you know, guy, the, the, the space odyssey, 2001 bone scene, you know, <laughs> it's a, he's like, Oh fucking hey, I can, I can make better meals and, and, and use this as a tool. Oh fuck this guy. I'm going to hit him in the head with it. You, you know, <laughs> that's what happened to the internet. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Welcome to the Mr. Bill Podcast. I'm Bill's manager slash butler, Anand Harsh. I'm also editor-in-chief of the Unst.com and lord of the Thanksgiving leftovers. I'm convinced food does not expire, and I'm going to ride this out until every last turkey bone is picked clean or I end up in the hospital. Bill's guest today is his boss, Mousetrap label head Joel Zimmerman. You might know him as Dead Mouse. They discuss data mining, the post-COVID live touring landscape, and the little shit who blew up Joel's spot when he got a new house a few years back. Seriously, fuck that kid. Dead Mouse has a big new anthem out with Kaiza called Bridged by a Light Wave, and they dropped a video for it last month that was recorded out at the Day of the Dead Mouse drive-in show in Chicago over Halloween weekend. Speaking of drive-in shows, Dead Mouse will be doing his own run New Year's Eve weekend at the same spot Bill just supported Ganja White Night, the parking lot of the Nas Center in San Bernardino outside of L.A. He's doing two Dead Mouse sets on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and then a special test pilot show on Saturday, January 2nd. That's his techno alias, and it totally fucking rules. Just like seriously hard techno straight down the pipe. Thank you for supporting the show on Patreon. It helps keep the Christmas lights on. You can get early access to episodes, exclusive tutorials, and a warm feeling in your tummy knowing that your dollars are hard at work feeding Bill's weird obsession with baking croissants. He just loves making those little French pastries. Finally, head over to MrBillsTunes.com to sign up to become a hardcore Abletoneer. You get full access to Bill's project files, access to nearly 30 sample packs, and so much more. Okay, I know I said finally, but Bill's IDM label, Beleagle Beats, has a new release from Blanket Dragon out Friday, December 11th. That's today, if you're listening to the podcast the day it's out on the free feed. The EP is called Nothing Isn't, and it features a collab with Bill called Life in Reverse. Let's listen to a clip of that before we jump in to the interview. Life in Reverse, that's Blanket Dragon and Mr. Bill out today on Beleagle Beats. All right, here's Bill's chat with Dead Mouse. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're 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 listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. 
Yeah, we've started. <laughs> we've started. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now this podcast is like, um, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it's pretty informal, I guess. Uh, generally, I just get people on here and just Un- talk unlike shit, everything right? else you do in life, right? Which is very formal. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> like sit around in my underpants making metal all day. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing metal. A, well, I've been doing a remix um, the last like couple of weeks for this band called North Lane in Australia, which is a metal band. So yeah, it's basically been all metal lately. After that, you should hit up um, a Tasmanian group, uh, Psychroptic. Psychroptic, yeah, that, they're a good old metal band. <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. It's good to have you on. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like, there's been a bunch of artists who are like way smaller than you who like haven't come on due to like optics because they're like, oh, I can't like be seen on this. Optics. Like, yeah, you know how like people won't do a certain thing because it's like a bad look or whatever. Oh yeah, the, the Mr. Bill podcast is a bad look. <laughs> Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had this. Yeah, look, whoa, bro, you got to pick and choose your battles in fucking 2020. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, wait, we were just talking about snow, though. Um, how you like, how's driving when, when that's going I, on? Because I know you, you're I, super into driving, right? I haven't been in a car in six months. Oh, shit. <laughs> like yeah. any car. Not a, like we, we have a we have a Tesla and that's like our grocery getter. But like Kelly's been in Florida for like the last three months. I've been home alone and, and that's it. Like I've just been here working and and that's it. How'd you get to the shows? <laughs> Which shows? Oh, like the drive in ones. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, a friend of mine drove me. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, He's got a big old SUV. So we slept in the back. Right. Oh, sweet. <laughs> That's like a old school touring stuff right there. <clears throat> I did a few tours in a Sprinter and slept a shitload in one of those. Man, we've had, man, like when I first started doing shows, like the first ones were like some of the transportation and logistic things were just hilarious. Like I, I remember one time in being in like Saskatchewan, it must have been like my fifth or sixth show ever and i was in saskatchewan and this guy had this like vw van and it broke down we had to get out and like push it (laughs) It, it, and then when me and when i used to play out in um san diego and stuff like i'd go to steve duda's place and then he'd be like oh we'll just drive right because i'm only getting like 200 bucks which is like gas money to get there. So uh, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll just drive. We'll go whatever. Just give me drinks or whatever. And like, cool. And then every time me and Steve drove somewhere, he'd always run out of gas. <laughs> so it, it's, it's happened twice. Once we ended up like stranded somewhere between Barstow and Vegas because he was like, oh, we'll make it. We'll make it. And we didn't make it. Um and then another time somewhere near San Diego and it started like pissing rain and uh, we had to pull over under like an underpass on the 101 or something. And so I stopped taking rides from Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, old school touring shit has like definitely got me shook. I, ha- I have a thing still on my rider today that says um, like I require a sober driver to pick me up from the airport and like sober <laughs> is like in quotation marks and underline and bold and everything. I, you get people like picking you up at the airport, absolutely like schnockered out of their minds. And they're like, it's, it's not so much people picking me up from the airport. It's like, so back in the day, I would play a lot of what were called doofs in Australia. Cause like the first style of music I started producing was Psytrance. 
and um, I was playing a lot of Psytrance parties and going to the airport was usually fine. I would, I would like the person who picked me up would just smell a bit bad and be in like some weird car or something. But then on the way back would be the problem. Oh, wait. It looks, oh, right. Yeah, because then they would like, you know, dump acid at the party or something like that. And then I'd be riding oh, back with yeah. someone who was just <laughs> tripping out of their mind. I, I think everyone has to deal with that. Like, you know, like in their in their career paths where it's like you've got this whole like two year period of where you're just going to have to deal with the local promoters like crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, how's the, the show's been going during the COVID stuff? Like how, how the drive-ins been? Well, we've only done like three or four, but they, they've been pretty good. Um, almost got killed at one. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking uh, like we had like 45 mile per hour gusts. Oh, shit. And the the truss is like swinging over our heads and stuff. And, and they pulled me off, actually, because it's like literally like we've seen enough shows in the Midwest to know that this is bad. And I'm like, yeah, all right. So uh, we chill out and then it goes back down to like 30 miles per hour. And they're like, OK, you can go back on kind of like, I guess. But if it hits 40, like you're off again. I was like, all right. It was like Ad- Atlanta Motor Speedway. Damn. And I get back on and this like... Uh, it was like seven seven foot piece of truss fell like with like with a clay no 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 like 20 feet but it could have been any one of them i mean you know, right. like, damn yeah i was like and the show's over and everyone's like yay how far into the show was that oh it was like at the last like half hour of it so it wasn't too bad you know, like it, we, it wasn't canceled. I did everything in my power. To, so like basically, so they, I, I'm, I'm starting to like hone in on my uh, improv comedian skills now because I've, I've been playing so many shows where shit's gone wrong. That's like kind of like out of our control or something, whether it's like, I don't know, act of God or, or something. And then they're like, OK, well, you know. Um, you can't play right now because like no one's allowed on the stage because it's unsafe for whatever reason. So I always just now I like grab a mic and I go to the side of the stage and I just tell stories and people seem to dig it as opposed to, you know, pulling in the insurance claim and then just going back to the hotel, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Because um, show insurance is a thing once you get to your level, right? Uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, it should be at everyone's level, but yeah, but I think it, like at my level, I'm not the one who pays for it. It's like the person who's putting on the show or the venue. Oh, well, that's us, right? Right. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to walk away from any kind of situation, but I, I like to tough it out as long as I possibly can within reason. I mean, you know, when hellfire starts pouring down from the sky, then I might bail, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what is this service? So, like, um, I guess for people listening, um, we should mention that when, oh, I should mention we're not using Zoom. We're using this thing called streamvoodoo.com. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. I, I, we partnered up and uh, we, we took a big piece of the company and um, we're using it for, you know, kind of our internal stuff for when I'm doing meetings with tech companies and uh, other entertainers and this and that. And even just mousetrap in general when we're having our weekly kind of meetings. Um, Zoom sucks. And Skype sucks and Slack is all right. But, you know, like, it's just like, man, why, why can't we figure this out? You know? And, um, I, I, a mutual friend connected me to one of the guys who's a developer, like the original developers of the system. And he's all talking about, you know, how it's all web RTC. No one's really doing it. And I was like, man, I want to be a part of this. So. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. it seems so, smooth so far. Yeah, it just we just literally picked it up like about uh, two weeks ago. So we're just now starting to kind of enterprise it. Mm. Yeah, this is something that I always tell people when they um, <clears throat> like because after we hung out uh, that that time at your place, I kind of realized that the reason or par- partially the reason why you're so successful is because you're like just good at business, right? Like you don't necessarily make like all of your money off music. A lot of it comes from like reinvesting in stuff like this, right? Uh, yeah, to a degree. I, I I don't mean like I'm a good investor. I just I understand. I think. I really understand technology and the, and like the whole space, you know what I mean? And, and see trends and where they're going, even if it has nothing to do with music, you know? Right. Um, so it's just something I enjoy doing. Like I, I love anything that you could do on a computer. Like I'm into it, you know, whether it's, you know, ETH or MS paint or Photoshop or music making or you, you name it, or even computer game design stuff like that. Like I love it all. So any, any kind of cool innovations and things where I think I can find areas that I can either improve on or, uh, you know, contribute to in some way, even if it's, uh, just as simple as consultation or going, you know, one deeper and, and actual development, you know, I, I tend to get my hands in there and then kind of turn it into, um, a little point that we can revolve around with the, with our current business, you know, because it's not just about, you know, making big beats and touring, you know, because if that's what you're all about in EDM right now, well, you're out of a job for, <laughs> you know, a little while. So, right. It almost seems though, like, um, like what an artist, uh, kind of career trajectory depends on almost as being able to identify trends a little bit. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like that with music, but with just kind of how people use technology. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, can you talk about the other stuff you're doing or is that something you still don't want to talk about? Oh, what the weird stuff I've been sending you? All that plus like the last time we had a call, uh, you were showing me some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of saving it for a more important podcast. Okay. <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah, bad bad optics <laughs> yeah no we're gonna do a big thing with like polygon they're like a big uh media outlet for people in that specific space so i was like kind of getting give them the whole thing but it's fun i mean i can say i've, I've been knee deep in like let's say, let's call it game development mm-hmm. you know and I don't want to call it that because I was like, what game is going to be on Steam? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you don't understand it. So it's like, wait till I can package it in a way that you can get what it is in a 30 second clip versus mm. me trying to explain every individual compartmentalized piece of the project to you, you know, and then let you guess, you know, right? because as we know, like everyone loves guessing, you know, like your EDM is the number one world's worst guesser. You know, it's like, I put a clip of anything that looks like anything and they're like, Oh my God, he's making a VR show. Like what? <laughs> Where did I say that? You know, it's like, it's like, well, whatever. I think like the whole, uh, <clears throat> like the whole success of their blog kind of depends on. Cl- oh, you won't believe stuff. what happens. Yeah, exactly. Number nine will make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> It's like this one secret that they don't want you to know. Yeah, until you get to the last click after the eight thousand ads are displayed on the screen. I hate that. Right. Remember, remember, I shit on that kid. Real like fucking. It was so good. On the Oridm kid. Yeah, the kid from Denver. He like uh, like because I I bought I bought my house with a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's not it doesn't have my name on it. You know, because I'm not even a, a signee on the trust. Um, it's just. 
whatever. It's because I, I thought that like I could escape. I could get out of here and I could go out and buy this place. No one would know where it is. And it's fucking awesome. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. They did some digging and all that shit. And they found the realtor. The realtor was a piece of shit. And the realtor was like, oh, it's, it's, it's. and then they found it. And then they posted it. Right. Like on like their their website, like my address and fucking everything, the listing and all this stuff. And I was like, fuck, like it wasn't even like a month in to me moving. And then that happened. I was like, shit. And so, you know what? Just as a like a fuck you, I, 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 I DNS looked up the domain and the kid put his full information. And so anyway, I was like, why would you do that? You're such a shit bag, you know, like in private, you know, like on Twitter DMs when I used to tweet, this was like five years ago. <laughs> and I, I DM'd him. I was like, why would you do that? You piece of shit. Like, come on, man. Like, that's my, that's my house. Like I live there. That's like, leave me alone. You fuck. And it was just more like a fuck you. I, I really didn't even want to know why, like, cause I know why. Um, so, and then he's like, he wrote back with this big fucking fuck you, man. It's, it's free. It's, it's public information. And it, obviously he had to cross reference like some tax records and shit like that to get to the trial. You know what I mean? But yeah, sure. It's public. He's like, it's public information. It's freedom of the present. Da, da, da. He just went on on this whole big fucking tirade about it. And I'm like, all right, okay, <laughs> cool. Ignored him. And just out of curiosity, I reverse DNS looked up his domain and he put his full fucking everything up in the registrant. Like he didn't use a brokerage company. He did it himself, like on GoDaddy or something fucking stupid. <laughs> it had his name, his phone number, his street address. So I copy pasta the whole fucking thing and then just tweeted it out. You know, like, <laughs> hey man, you guys want to fucking give this guy a piece of your mind? You know, here's his phone number. Here's his da da. And they, I, I swear to God, like ten minutes later, my lawyer is getting a phone call from him about. Oh, he posted my. Uh, I'm for sure gonna sue Dead Mouse and win. He posted my phone number. My name my street address everything he was so pissed like he, like he had the to exact fucking, same thing he, I, exactly <laughs> and we we're like well it's like public information he's like no it's not we we're like well you registered the domain with it he's like oh and then five minutes later we go back and it's like completely gone and we're like dickhead speaking of uh twitter um <laughs> yeah, what, what, like I, I know you used to be pretty loud on Twitter and like start a bunch of like. Fun, I can't which is, compete. Well, I think it's, it's funny, right? Because like you just like you're you're sort of a like the same era as me almost. It's like the old school internet era where it's like just all about the internet's like a joke kind of, right? It was holy and pure. Right. It was it was funny. It was lulzy. It was it was this and that. Now it's now. Sorry, I had to drop my lighter. Now it's like hey. Check out my SoundCloud. Uh, here's my OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> vote fucking so and so, and it's just all political bullshit. It's it's literally like I want to I want to say conservatively, Twitter is forty percent computers yeah. of like bullshit state sponsored crap that I don't even fucking care about, you know. And it's like I can't compete with that level of noise, you know. <laughs> like, uh. yeah, it's a lot. Um, but. Didn't you get off Twitter because of uh, like mental health stuff? Well, yeah, because that shit was doing me in too. Right. You know, it's like I don't know, man. The world's the world's fucked up, as you may or may not know. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it, it's absolutely <laughs> fucked. It, it's like people are so like the internet has been treated as a a right. Mm. You know, which it which it is kind of 
you know, but you also have to kind of respect the rights of others and, 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 and stuff like that. And people just don't do that. You, people have become so desensitized to like vitriolic bullshit where it's like, they can't even tell what, what, you know, something said is versus context versus, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. I'm, Cause I'm like, a, I, so you, I'm old. Most of the time it feels like you're probably defending yourself against shit that people were like saying or doing. Right. Right. And then, you know, and up until, well, not recently, but the last I heard, you know, I had Zed, you know, texting me. He's like, man, can you believe what this guy had said on Twitter about me? And I'm like, oh, bro, just <laughs> shut that stupid fuck. Trust me. You'll feel better. Just don't even look. You know, it's. I think it's, this, uh, especially for smaller artists, there's like this idea that you have to be on there though, right? To like post really and like don't. to stay relevant and to like do all this fucking crap. Fucking relevant. <laughs> Where was that word when we were in high school, you know? Right. Back in my day, <laughs> you know, the quest for clout and relevancy, it wasn't even, it wasn't a fucking thing. So like, you know, social media has just generated this like toxic culture. Social media fucked shit up. It's cool. Like, you know, when it was used right, you know, but it's like, you know, guy, the, the, the space odyssey 2001 bone scene, you know, <laughs> it's a, he's like, oh, fucking hey, I can, I can make better meals and, and, and use this as a tool. Oh, fuck this guy. I'm going to hit him in the head with it. You, you know? Yeah. I'm, uh, That's what happened to the internet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm reading this. Uh, it's a, yeah, I feel like also social media, the worst thing for me, uh, is just how much it like fucks up my like workflow and how much less work I get done. I'm reading this book at the moment. It's called The Distracted Mind, Ancient Brains in a High-Tech World. Ooh. And um, basically this guy, like he likens uh, just information that we have online now, which is essentially like unlimited, right, um, to uh, a foraging theory with like, I think, squirrels. And he's he said like the foraging theory for squirrels is basically like they'll sit in a tree and like get nuts and whatnot. And once the nuts are kind of like 50% gone in that tree, they'll sort of like weigh up their options as to like whether or not to stay in that tree or to use the amount of time it takes to switch to a new tree and then start getting nuts in there. Squirrels think like that. I mean, I think they don't like consciously think like this, but I think like right. they kind of use this this <laughs> model to like... to. I see a lot of squirrels. I never <laughs> really know what's going on in their little peanut brains. <laughs> yeah, squirrels are sick. Um but yeah, so he, he kind of like talks about this thing called information foraging, which is a thing that, you know, we do on the internet and the time it takes, like the cost of switching to like a new thing, uh, you know, has some like switching costs to it. And apparently like there's just so much information. We're just switching so much. We're like never actually really getting it, anything it done. It gets expensive. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. You, you get rabbit hold, you know, honestly, my, my last 400 Google searches have been Unreal Engine dash Niagara particle system <laughs> uh, point collision. Right. And, and stuff like that. And then going to places and then finding like, you know, and then in that kind of rabbit hole of a search, like I'll find a community that I'm like, oh, okay, this is just going to be my go-to spot. And every time I have a question in this area, you know, I, I'm not like tweeting and asking, you know, or getting, uh, you know, people's opinions on something where it's like, no, I just... 
I want some like factual information. So kind of using the internet now, like the internet before the internet, like when it was like Archie. Right. Like just to get information and just. <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. Just to connect you with the exact community you want to be connected to rather than the community that's decided to like infiltrate your feed for whatever reason. Well, the, the reason being, you know, your dead mouse or Bill or whoever, mm. you know. Yeah, speaking of which, um, Unreal Engine and all that kind of stuff, It's um, this is another cool thing. Like, So um, people like just always ask me like what you like and stuff, right? Because we've worked together. and What's he lot, like? Yeah, and a lot of people what are... Am, what are okay, okay, Bill, what am I like? Well, here's what I say. I say that you're Let's a really hard worker. And <laughs> I say that it's like impressive that you design your own live show, basically. Because I don't think a lot of big artists with as big of production as you could say that, right? Like they mostly get teams of other people to do it like melt creative or something like that oh is that a plug melt i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah okay i know it's just like one of the big like production yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for people. sure yeah um yeah so i think that's it's pretty impressive that you sort of build your own live show basically like all the video and stuff so that's that's what you tell people what they when they like what do you think of them yeah, I'm like, oh, he's a real dick, but he's pretty good at video. He's, he's, he's really smart, <laughs> but he's just, I don't know, he's a little rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. He means well. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, why why do you do all that work? Like, I don't know. I think it's funny that you have like this crazy sick studio and then you like hang out in this other room all the time. Well, as of late, yeah. I mean, music comes and goes in waves for me. You know, if I find myself smashing my face over a keyboard trying to think of the next big melody, you know, it's like how many days wasted in there doing that when I could be doing other things? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, and then when I get the idea, then I just go and do it, you know? Mm, right. So you never uh, like try to force anything out. You just wait nah. until an idea comes. I used to. And I used to put out a lot of tracks that I'd be like myself. I'd be like me, mm. you know, like, eh. yeah, I'm kind of the same. I, I spend a lot of time in the studio kind of like doing my head in over a thing. And I find if I step away from the studio a bunch, then I can kind of come back and get done what I really needed to get done in like an hour or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. I, I have like trails in my woods that I just kind of walk around or drive around then just do a lap, come back. And then I've forgotten what I was even thinking about and I'll either get on to some new task or complete the one at hand, you know? Right. Um, so how much time would you say you spend doing like the show stuff versus the music stuff? Oh, actually recently a lot more because it's not the, the show stuff. It's, it's not something that I can go and read a manual and do it. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we do or uh, I try to do is innovative or innovating, you know, um, coming up with new ways to do things. So it's a lot of like redoing, 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 improving, 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 and then inventing uh, and then and then refining those new inventions. Like, um, yeah, you're right. I absolutely could just hire uh, CSP. Uh, you know, to, Hey, do my content, do my show. Look, my job, as far as I'm concerned, is to get up there, bring my little Ableton computer machine and, and make the sound come out. And then w everything else is on you, bro. Um, but, uh, I, I kinda, I want full control over my shows in terms of the, d just the delivery delivery being like, you know, the audio, the video, the stage, the look, the setup and everything, you know? Um, it's not, it's not just me doing that. Obviously, there we have engineers and um, 
uh, front house guys that know like lighting systems better than I would. But, and then, you know, it's just learning a bit, each a little bit of their own respective worlds where it's like, you know, I'll put in my two cents and here and there and there. And then at the end of the day, I got a nickel and, and then it's a show, you know? So yeah, more time on like content creation and, and coming up with new and innovative ways to do that just to keep it the Joel show, you know? Right. So what do your days look like now? Is it basically just wake up and then just like work on the show all day and then go to sleep? Um, well, not, not just the show. Uh, I, I, I do work on the show a bit. Like when I, when I finish a new song or for instance, it's like, fuck man, I need a whole new sequence for this, for, for our current running, not running production. Right. Mm. So, you know, I'll, I'll kind of whittle away at that for like a couple of days, but it doesn't take me too long to do it. And then, um, maybe I'll just go back into work on the other facets of the business, uh, in, in terms of like, you know, mousetrap and, you know, kind of our sister companies and investments and stuff that we do. Uh, with other tech companies. So Mm. a lot of it is really benign, you know? Yeah, I actually, that's funny, right? Like the more, like the better you get at music or the further you get into it, the less kind of you make music and the more you start doing like other stuff, it seems like. Yeah, because you kind of hit that, you hit, you, you, I I hate to say it, but there's kind of like this apex of learning. Mm Mm-hmm with making music you know because when when you started out you were doing what 20 30 tracks a week i was doing 10 tracks a week you know Mm -hmm. and all was good and great and because we were learning it was exciting you know and we were learning new things and we were applying these new things in the next production and then we learned something else but we already did it in that one so we'll just save it for the next one which is going to be in an hour and a half you know (laughs) and then we do that and then we get this kind of euphoric madman music making stage where we're learning and creating at the same time, but now we're not learning as much, you know? So it's just become more of a task than a, than a exciting process, you know? Right. Yeah. I, maybe that's why people, I, so like I do the online education thing a bit and I hear this idea spouse to me a lot that people are like, Oh, when I first started making music, it was like crazy exciting. And like, now I'm just uninspired all the time and stuff. Maybe the trick is to just like move on to new things, right? Like for instance, for you, it's been like, you know, you got into driving and you got really good at like PUBG and rocket league and stuff. And then you, you know, started doing a lot of stuff with uh, video production and whatnot. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. Keep your, keep your interests vague and, and broad. I mean, it's always, even if it's not related to your field, you could probably find a way to do so if it hasn't been done by someone else already. You know, it's like incorporating, you know, real time graphic engines, you know, in music. What do those have in common? Well, like I could, I could make the correlation that, well, I could drive shows with this content or, or fuck, do something completely unrelated. Like I want to be a goat trainer you know (laughs) for four hours a week or something you know go do that Mm. yeah i've recently got into a few other things because i've kind of noticed like so through the staying home all the time thing i realized like basically my entire life was revolving around djing on the weekends and then trying to make dubstep tracks during the week or like doing edits of track like basically it just all revolved around the set right like trying to make a heavier and heavier set pretty much because i got trapped into that kind of loop but um after like everything shut down gave me a bunch of time to reflect and i realized like i didn't have a lot of other interests other than music right so i started taking up a bunch of shit one of them was chess and the other one was uh mountain biking so now i'm like hugely into those two things yeah 
yeah, hobbies are great. Like even if they don't result in a, in a product or, you know, something you can show. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just good. It, but I, it, I don't know. Like you could even say watching, binge watching a TV show. Yeah. Or like something. Give you your know. brain a rest from like stressing out over work stuff. Well, now is a good time to be stressed out over work stuff too. So I can imagine that's like pretty hard for a lot of people right now because everyone's trying to still find their place in, you know, kind of what's going on. Hmm. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen after, like, I don't know, let's say vaccines get deployed and everyone sort of starts getting vaccinated and stuff starts opening up again? Do you think, like, all the independent... Well, it's like, this is the last pandemic we're ever going to see? Well, no, of course not. But, like, I mean, um, <laughs> like, at least, you know, a bunch of independent venues will have unfortunately shut down. So do you think it'll just be left with, like, um, all the Live Nation and AEG shit? Well, yeah, no. I mean, if that's a convoluted discussion that could land me in some fucking hot shit. But like, I don't know. Like, let's just say, like, you know, the the fortunate companies because the world's fucked up, you know, have landed into the the Saudi Petroleum Fund. Money, oh yeah, you know, like and got the bailout and this and that, and they're all good, and and the other ones didn't. You know, mm. um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, there's a number of things are going to happen. Like once, once, like, I don't think it's going to be a light switch where it's like, okay, let's tour. Yeah. I don't and think it's going to be an on off. We're thing back either. to making 300 grand a show or whatever, <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. You know, what's going to happen. Everyone's going to be so excited to go out. Vegas is going to, Vegas is going to win because the, if they thought that the saturation of the fucking DJ scene was good, uh, that fucked everyone's rates over the last, like, you know, five years versus like, you know, seven, eight years ago. Now it's going to be hilarious. Like you'd be lucky to make 10 grand fucking playing at a Vegas nightclub because why you? Everyone's thirsty for gigs right now. Right. Like, it doesn't matter who plays. Everyone's going to go anyway. Oh, and you know they're thinking about it. Right. Like, if I'm thinking about it, they've already thought about it. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's not, I'm not just going to say, it's like, oh, it's going to be so oversaturated. Because not only is it going to be oversaturated with expectations of things the way they were, which they won't be, uh, you have to count into effect that these, like, a lot of the people have been fucking dealing with not having a job and not having money or steady income and stability in their lives in the last fucking six months. You think they're going to all want to go out and go partying for 400 bucks a fucking ticket? I don't think so. So so you have that too. So while you're all scattered throughout the winds and doing world tours times 200, no one's showing up at your demanded fucking ticket prices. So are you going to make your production work, you know, or, or is it going to be a, a financial fucking disaster you'd be surprised though like i mean i played a show on the weekend in la or in san bernardino actually with a uh, ganja white night and they were selling uh car tickets there for something like four four to six hundred bucks a ticket and they sold out the nos event center which was yeah well that's that's what i'm saying that's that's what i mean it's like because not everyone's touring right now only mm. a select few like you and me and and this and we're at a fucking sh- four shows in the last six months They're like dude that's unheard of if i would have proposed that and there be no covid to my management they would have dropped me in a second <laughs> like, fuck you dude you know like whatever but that's what i'm saying so so people have been home obviously you know pen up and and not having any events to go to so you know when you show up of course, people are rip around ready to go. If it's going to cost, it's going to be a little heavy on the heavy side for the ticket. Sure, they'll do that. But when you open up the floodgates and do that, and everyone's doing that, it's not going to be like that. You mm. know, that's what I'm. 
Yeah, I wonder if it will sort of have that. I wonder if like that's how it's going to happen though. Like if the floodgates are going to open and everyone's just going to start going to shows, or if it's going to be more of like a like gradient over time. It'll it'll be a gradient over time, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Because you don't just decide. Oh, okay, guys, we've got the bleach in everyone's veins. The pandemic <laughs> is over. Go out and have yourself a bigly time. You know, you can't do that. Yeah, it's. There's also like the emotional <laughs> trauma that everyone's sort of incurred to get over as well. I guess. So I think um, like everyone's going to be like, for instance, even if like vaccines were deployed today, I don't think I'd be comfortable going to like Red Rocks with 10,000 people until still like this time next year, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's just, geez, you just got to go with the flow at this, at this rate. Like I have no, I can't, I can't fucking say, Hey, it's going to take this long. And I'm an epidemiologist and I know this is how it works, you know, because this is not something we've done before I had to deal with as a human species. So it's not something that anyone can really, you know, project in, and especially in the music space, you know, mm. I mean, they were like, well, you know, okay, well, the Spanish flu lasted for, yeah, dude, but they didn't have fucking $49 flights from fucking Florida to Canada during the Spanish flu with 8 million people in the air at any given fucking time. All right. So yeah, they probably got off lucky on the lockdown situation that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's like a little bit (laughs) easier to spread these days. Yeah. Well, just one of millions of factors, you know, that you can't quite say it's so black and white that well if everyone did this and this there's no causality or correlation to any of the things that are like happening because people are traveling more than they did during the bubonic plague you know so if we if they were traveling at the rate that we're traveling at today fuck we might not even be here like little squirrels could be ruling the fucking earth right now you know yeah isn't there like some periods of time where the human population has gotten down to like Six thousand people or something like that. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in the day, like, and I mean, way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we're a miracle, man. Like you and me right now are a fucking statistical impossibility. Right. Really, when you think about it, I love I love documentaries like that, like uh, all the Neil Tyson shit and fucking <laughs> space documentaries. I love it. I love it because it blows my fucking mind every time, you know, even though I, I'm like, I'm, I'm reciting it, even if I've never seen it, I'm, you know, I already know what he's going to say next and I get stoked, but like, fuck man. But after I've seen like, you know, pretty much the gamut or the catalog of all these kind of documentaries, man, we really are like a fucking a statistical impossibility. It's so cool. You know? Yeah. What is the, the things you need for life? It's just water and oxygen. Right. And I think it's, pretty much not available anywhere except here as far as we know you know but yeah Hmm. and then and then you want to get like fucking there's like simulation theory and there's lots of other fucking shit too so it's like simulation stuff is crazy so um i had this do you know the flashbulb you ever heard of this oh yeah 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 so i had him on and he was talking about this and um he brought up a good point which is like why is the speed of light and like planck scale a thing you know like why does why does reality just tap out there like it seems like processing power limitation right or it seems like why process past there because it's like no one fucking gives a shit past there anyway well because you can't you can't perceive it and you can't measure it um, because if you think about it, like, a, well, and, uh, and I mean that literally, if you think about it, you know, neurons are discharging in your brain at the speed of light or not even, 
you know, in some cases, you know. <laughs> Wait, so you think reality just goes infinitely in past Planck scale? I, I think it has to, because, but, but, but it's not something we could perceive because, or, or conceptualize. There are ways of, do you know, do you know how to, do you know how to kind of like internally perceive four dimensional space in your head? It's actually kind of simple if you break it down weird, because you can perceive 3D space in a 2D image. Okay. Oh, like if you take the, uh, well, if the- you play a video game on a flat screen. Right. If you take the tesseract, right, and like shine light through it and look at the is that? shadow. Yeah, but that's the. Hmm. Well, the same could be said about 4D space. It can be kind of perceived in 3D space. Right. You know, gotcha. but you're seeing a shadow of it. You're not actually in it. Being yeah, 3D yeah, space, yeah. being like if you like literally break your head away from the monitor and you look at your hand, that's three dimensional space. But four would be a shadow of that onto and, and so on and moving up and up and up and up. But wouldn't it be, it's actually really fucking mind melting shit. Yeah, but wouldn't it be impossible to imagine 4D space? Because like if you imagine that we were a 2D creature imagining the shape or the uh, shadow of a tesseract on like a surface, um, we wouldn't really be able to imagine the tesseract like the 3d tesseract itself and then if the 3d tesseract is a shadow of a four-dimensional cube uh, i don't think it's like possible for us to imagine that one right i i you know what now we're getting deep um yeah i guess not yeah and that, like this is well i mean going back to the simulation thing about like right. things going infinitely in um, I mean, we can only measure down to Planck scale, and as far as we know, it doesn't go further than that. Um, but yeah, the Ben, the flashbulb was like that. Just to me, seems like a simul like proof of simulation theory because yeah. he's like, yeah. why would they? Did just- you see? Did you see fucking? Uh, oh my god, what's the name of that professor trying to explain simulation theory to fucking Joe Rogan? Uh, it was so cringy. The whole interview, he's like, okay, but how do you know? We're not the first of, you know, because when they, when we evolve to become like, you know, these advanced beings that can create this simulation, the argument, like, I guess on his side was like, well, OK, so we're living in the simulation. But what if we're in the actual point of reality going towards creating that simulation and not a part of that simulation? You know what I'm saying? Mm, right. Yeah. It's like it just kept repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And we're like, D- well, there is just a. Don't- theory that um if uh yeah what is it the theory is that if there were a society that were able to build computers so powerful that that we were able to um generate uh life basically to an experiential degree as we have it inside a computer like we would definitely do it right it's kind of like a hundred percent that we would do that like why wouldn't we um so i guess the theory is that like you know another are we part of that simulation that they did or are we in a an, an, in in the original well that's going the, up to that point yeah. that's that's the whole big confusion right yeah exactly. a, that's the question is like whether or not we're like in the in the one or if we're like going to be the first one i mean either way it doesn't matter right there's a thought experiment for this that i was talking about with my partner i'd yesterday. be concerned and i'd really think about that and i would that would keep me up at night if i knew I might live long enough to know that. (laughs) Hold on. I got to Google the experience machine. Have you heard of this thing? It's a, okay. So this is a thought experiment. Um, So you have to imagine a machine that could give you whatever desirable or pleasurable experiences you could possibly want. 
Um, so psychologists will have figured out a way to stimulate a person's brain to induce pleasurable experiences that the subject could not distinguish from those that you would have apart from the machine. Um, and then the question is, uh, if given the choice, would you prefer the machine or real life? Oh, so I think that's the Matrix Pretty much, yeah. Movie pre- premise, basically. Yeah, this was like thought of. Which would I prefer? I'd be indifferent. And yeah, exactly. Because if, if they're the same, then they're the same. An apple's an apple's an apple. You know, like. Mm. Well, uh, no, it's not. It's, like, it's not the same. It's um. It's, no, 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 not technically. But I mean, if it's delivering the same. Well, no, it's, you know? it's delivering better. Is the oh, thing. So oh, fuck! I'm all for it. Yeah. Just hook me up. Yeah, but your body <laughs> will just be like sort of comatose, yeah, like pull. attached to face. Plug me in. I mean, what's it going to be? What's it going to be when I die? I mean, I don't think it's going to improve. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen some corpses in my day. Let me tell you, they don't get prettier. So, <laughs> <laughs> the other uh, question that you can derive from this thought experiment is: if you were to learn right now that you were in this machine and somebody gave you the option to get out of it, would you get oh, out of it? Well, n- n- I wouldn't go back to my rotting corpse. Like, what if you just realized it was, or you knew that it was kind of just the same as your current corpse? Well, how, I mean, jeez. I, 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 like, with just someone saying that or me actually knowing it? I mean, (laughs) I mean, like, let's say you knew it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I guess, I don't know, man. I don't know. See, that's just that, like, those two abstracts of being, as it were, would be, like, totally indistinguishable from one or another. So I would be pretty indifferent. Yeah, so these these were thought of by a philosopher called Robert Nozick in in apparently a book in 1974 called Anarchy, State, and Utopia. And there's some arguments against hedonism related to it or something saying the experience machine is hedonistic and yet people still refuse to be plugged into it for some reasons listed above um but yeah i don't know it's just reminded me of this because we're talking about simulation stuff huh yeah that's it i'll have to look that up have you ever watched um the youtube series crash course on philosophy no have you watched any of the crash course stuff no, actually, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is Crash Course. Yeah, they do a bunch of stuff. They do like Crash Course in programming, Crash Course in whatever, computer science. Um, but yeah, they have one called Crash Course in Philosophy, and it's really good. It's like a 20 or 30 part video series that I highly recommend. It's oh. very bingeable on YouTube, and it's super fun. Dude, mm. my fucking. Camera. I find myself watching YouTube while, like, you know, in bed yeah. trying to get to sleep than I do <laughs> watching Netflix. It's more uh, immediately satisfying, right? Because it's like these 10-minute, like, highly produced, like, videos sort of by, like, Wendover Productions or Real Life Lore or whatever. They just, like, pump out these really quick 10-minute engineering And all videos. it costs you is your data. Yeah, and, like, your, your, <laughs> and your time. Nah, <laughs> eh, they don't care about your and time. They just watching an ad, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Dude, speaking of data, you have your um, own internet, right? Well... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm connected to you, so... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, um, I was... Oh, like a provider? Like, you have yeah. a, a internet tower in your front yeah, yard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't, like, buy internet we, from Verizon or some shit, right? No, we charter. Uh, we, we buy blocks of data from, like, an, like, the way an ISP would buy it. That's insane. Well, like, at what point do you get to that stage where you're like, I need to buy this amount of data. Well, when you move so far away from civilization that the, your best option is ADSL. 
Mm, yeah, that's a good that's, point. That's the point that does it. Right. So you just want to <laughs> I had, like, I had a guy, like, I, I remember tweeting out or something like, oh man, my internet, no, no, no. And then Bell actually responded and they're like, we have just the thing. And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> Bell's going to micro trench fiber directly to my house. Fuck yeah. This fucking guy <laughs> from Bell shows up with like a USB stick. And I'm like, <laughs> What the fuck is this? Well, I, I was nice, but like, <laughs> inside my head, you know, uh, I'm like, okay. And he goes, oh, how's your cell reception here? And I'm like, we don't get cell reception out here. He's like, oh. <laughs> and it was like one of those like mobile laptop uh, LTE USBs. And he's like, yeah, I can get up to five megabits. I'm like, I'm going to need two gig. <laughs> i just imagine this like really sweet canadian bell engineer coming in like putting this yeah, like little usb stick yeah, on your table yeah. and be like eh? Eh? And you're just eh? like, oh <laughs> yeah come on man like, and and if you want you can leave your house and use it i might like, use it out in the, in the office yeah nice you want a coffee or something man? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah you have like the fucking coolest house to be honest it was, it's like I don't know, it's just kind of like areas of technology all through the place. I lose sleep at night wondering how long I get to keep it. Oh, okay. Like, why? What What makes you think you want well, it? Well, just because, you know, like, I don't know, anything could happen. Like COVID. You, you're talking about dying or are you talking about money? No, just, well, business. You know what I mean? Happen. I, I see it happen all the fucking time. Mm, like, I'm, 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 I'm seeing it with massive, massive musicians. I'm not saying like EDM. I'm talking like fucking top pop acts right now getting fucking day jobs because they sold their fucking masters to whatever, you know, to make a little bit of fucking money, you know, but had to downgrade so much shit. Oh, uh, you're just saying to, like at this point, your costs get so high that like. Oh, I'm, I'm fucking bleeding money, dude. You know, like, mm. and I'm not offsetting it. And of course I can bleed for longer maybe than some others or, 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 and maybe less than some, even others. You know what I mean? I didn't play in fucking Vegas for no imaginary 30 million, you know? Mm. So like, I gotta, I gotta pick and choose my financial battles here, but, uh, I mean, I'm making it work, but like, I, I honestly, I go to bed fucking nervous, like I, I really do. I, and I'm a hundred percent being truthful with you. Like I go to, I like go to chill out. And before the day is done, I'm like thinking, fuck, man, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's good to keep that drive there, though, I reckon, because I, I feel personally like I, I felt this a lot more when I was living with my parents uh, when I was like, fuck, I got to get out of my parents house. And it like made me work way harder, I think, because I was just like, oh, I can't, for I can't, sure. Can't stay here. Right. But and the same thing has been true, like through my life, whenever I've been in like more comfortable living situations where my costs are low, my income is like way higher than my costs and like everything's fine. I find I just sort of like coast through life a bit and like don't work as hard as I probably should. And then I notice yeah. like when shit gets tough and I'm like, for instance, I'm just about to pay for like a green card, right? And that's like, you know, shitloads of money and lots of lawyer fees and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So it's like, now I'm like, oh shit, I need money again. So it's like making me work really hard again. Yeah, yeah. No, I 100% keep things on kind of sort of an uneven keel in that department. You know what I mean? Um, where it's like, oh, I mean, don't even Google my fucking net worth. It's such bullshit. But um, what what you do is like what I would do to, to literally fuck myself and have a good time. I go out and buy a fucking McLaren Senna. You know what I mean? Okay, dude, trust me. I, I have never had more pushback in my life from our accountant team, you know, on anything. 
you know, they're like, bro, bro, this will absolutely you've like you you're like fucking seriously betting the farm here on this fucking car, you idiot. And I'm like, I know that's like kind of the point. I mean, but the other point is that I get to fucking drive it. <laughs> you know, but um, how much does this car cost? It was like two million and change. Jesus Christ. Um, Don't you get and, like scared driving that thing? Like that you're going to fucking scratch it or someone else is going to scratch it? Or? Well, no, like, it's insured. Right, but oh man, I just scratch. get scratch. So, I mean, I, mean, I, don't know, I just get. It's so, not. A, I don't take it to the fucking car show where they're like, "Is that a scratch?" <laughs> no, I, I know, mean you swap paint. You swap paint. Like, who cares? You know, like if swapping if the paint fucking, means like you hit someone on a track or yeah, or whatever. Um, but it, that's what happens. I mean, fuck, man, it's a car. You drive it. You know. Um, that's my thing. I like. If I fry my fucking clutch, I'll I'll feel like shit, and that would suck. That would hurt my feelings. But like a little cosmetic ding, or something that can't be you know casually unfucked on the spot with some duct tape, like then I don't I don't care. Mm. Frying your clutch is just like a really expensive thing with a center. It's a really expensive thing with any car, right? <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, so yeah. with with those kind of cars, do you prefer driving like on a track or on the road? Or like, yeah, I prefer a track. So the goal oh. or like the appeal for that is like you get this crazy car, you take it to a track, and you drive really fast around the track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, like a, the track, you know, you know, that where I, I like save all my telemetry data and all that stuff, too. And I'm like just doing better and better every time if I'm improving on that. It's like a video game, you know? Right. Yeah. So there's, it's there's a similar thing with mountain biking. It's like this app called Strava and you can kind of like try and get personal bests on tracks as well. Same mm. type of deal. Same thing. Same, same concept. You know, it's not like I, I like I don't take it and drive it 20 fucking miles an hour down sunset with the top down you know like fuck that mm. I, I like to beat the shit out of it and you know and sometimes i fuck up sometimes a lot of, more often than not i don't you know when you're racing you're wearing like full gear like a helmet yeah yeah you, you, well it depends what track like if if i go to ctmp yes 100 percent, because it's all like track marshaled and everything if i go to fucking joe's cayuga fucking speedway would do whatever you want i don't give a shit you know then whatever i mean helmet yeah but like track suit for sure hmm. how like what kind of speeds are you getting on the track uh it's it's not slow is fast right because you like going around corners like quickly yeah you know no i'm like oh, i just hit 200 miles an hour on this straight yeah but then you can't the fucking full stop at the next fucking corner <laughs> and the other guy fucking overtook you while you're doing that because you're too busy trying to fucking slow down so you can take the corner without flying off you know mm. um yeah no that, that's actually that was the best advice i got from like a, an insane driver who actually beat the lancey's land speed record in a fucking commercially produced car uh, about three weeks ago ollie webb hmm. in the fuck i forget the name of the the it starts with a t but he did 340 miles an hour in this fucking car damn like that's stupid like you have to be like an airline pilot at that fucking speed you know it's not about driving a car you're driving an airplane that's yeah ollie webb Three hundred. Okay, it's a uh, two two Atura. Atura, uh, two Yeah, two Atura. What the fuck is this thing, dude? There's like there's it, a helicopter following him. Oh well, it was <laughs> this this dude. This kid is he's like one of the one of, I think is 
like one of the top fucking drivers, man. He he did he does Le Mans, he does this, that. He he's actually a friend of mine that got me involved with uh, BAC. You know the monos, the little race car looking thing in my garage. Oh, uh, is he's that like that little the, blue thing? Uh, no, no, no. The like it looks like a Formula One car. It's yeah, like yeah, a single it? seater. Oh, sorry, it's gray, isn't it? Is it gray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's kind of the test driver for that company. So he, he, that's how we became friends and stuff like that. And, uh, he invited me out to angle C, uh, so that we could, you know, drive some prototypes around and fucking fart around. And, and man, this guy's it's just like, he's so cool. Like he's given me so many great tips. And one of the best ones he gave me was slow as fucking fast, man. Like just cool, calm, calculated fucking, you know, turns and when to accelerate, when to decelerate and all that shit. That's, that's how you go fast around a fucking track. Not fucking how flat out you can fucking get it like on you a know? straight yeah 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 true <clears throat> generally you know 100 140 160 you know something stupid yeah i've never driven a car like that but i've been in one i've been in uh, misha's lambo and um dude that was fun we took it to the canyon in la per periphery yeah Misha. uh-huh yeah oh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we um we took it to the canyon in LA and just drove it up and down there, and it's yeah, it's crazy what going around a corner quick feels like. It's like you get proper G forces in your face, and also just like being in a oh, car. Oh, you like gotta a, you gotta fucking do it in a real car though, dude. It's like a core workout, just like holding <laughs> yourself straight whilst you're trying to. Oh yeah, and if you look at Ollie, if you if you Google image Ollie, this kid he's he's like my size, but look at his fucking neck. Uh, let me Google this guy, Ollie Webb. Yeah. Uh, sure. Oh yeah, this dude's this dude's got a Yeah, no, neck I'm on. in it now. Sorry, it's jerk chicken time. Jerk chicken. Fuck, that sounds great. It's fucking great. Albert's jerk chicken. Albert's Toronto jerk chicken. Best fucking jerk chicken in Canada. Nice. Man, cool. Um, well, did you want to go eat or? No, I'll fucking eat it here. Okay. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> There's a gate on the mic, so if I chew, you're good. <laughs> you got the gate set pretty good. I haven't been noticing it at all good yeah um so you, yeah like what i think i remember last time we were talking about the cars you were telling me that every time you drive it you have to replace the tires and it costs like million dollars oh no they're like at a, on a track day yeah hmm. like because then you're really stressing them out you know but if you're just driving it around like a fucking just putting it you're good for like a year you know hmm but if you're taking it up and down like a drag strip trying to beat this guy and that guy and the other thing and you're just, you know, you're melting the rubber off the fucking tire every every lap, you know, so <laughs> it's good. It's good. Like every 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 second or third race day, meaning like a whole day dedicated to doing fucking crazy hot laps, I'll I'll probably, you know, replace the tires. How much does it cost to replace tires? It depends what car. Uh, the model, like about three or four hundred bucks. A tire? Well, what about the center? Oh, well, it depends. I mean, you get, you can put some fucking P0s on it for like a couple thousand bucks. Fuck. Like per tire? No. No, for the whole car. Oh, oh man. I'm looking at a picture right now of a orange McLaren center owned by former F1 driver Wrecked. It's uh, uh, been put into a pole. There's been a couple of those, actually. Yeah, this one does not look good. <laughs> Do these cars? There's this one guy who's fucking like revving it, like to impress someone somehow, like revving, 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 revving. 
and some unspent fuel went out the fucking tips at the back and then hit the engine block and fucking ignited and the whole car went up. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Cars don't like that. They don't like to be revved. Oh, I mean like 9,000 RPM standing still. That's not a good look. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, I should rent a car at some point and try it. I like I never really have been into like any crazy shit like that, but getting into mountain biking recently, I I realized like I really do like going fast especially around corners and stuff like that and i feel like with mountain biking you're just so exposed because like you're not in this like shell that gives you this false sense of security like there's oh i i get the same thing like some some tracks like dudes on um bikes Hmm. will be on there and you're like fuck no dude (laughs) like i mean like motorbikes you know racing bikes yeah man you'd be surprised like uh with mountain bikes like how much speed you can get though like there's it's not obviously as much as a car, but I mean, like, you can, like, on a proper downhill track, you can get up to, like, 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour on a map. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's a rabbit hole, too, because, I mean, even that shit will get expensive, too, if you're fucking serious about it, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, it already has. <laughs> like, 10, 20, 20 grand, like, for a good fucking bike, you know? Yeah, yeah, you can dump, like, easily 20 grand into a sick mountain bike. Well, you can spend as much money on anything on anything if you want. Dude, do you know, um, have you ever heard of a guy called Brandon Semenik? Why does that sound familiar? So he's a race driver. So he was like the one of the best mountain bikers in the world, but he hard pivoted and now he's uh, one of the drivers on the Subaru rally team. Oh, cool. He's racing with that Travis Pastrami guy or whatever. <laughs> Pastrana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, he's invited me out to like his ranch out in the middle of Maryland, like pastrana land he calls it and he's just got like he's got like a like a house like mine he's just got land for days and he builds like crazy ramps and jumps and atv trails and this and he's been bugging me to get out there but i'm like fuck man like jumps for cars no well yeah probably fucking hell you can cars motocross fucking quads my buddy connor daly actually just went to his place not too long ago he's showing me all these vids from it and i'm like fuck man i gotta do that yeah, man. He's got like big foam pits where they can like backflip bikes into and shit. And I'm like, fuck. That's the move, man. Fucking buying land and just building tracks on it and just hammering it. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But like, and you can find some, go to fucking Utah, like fucking what, $2 an acre or something yeah, like that? Like Moab or something. But then you get your fucking, you get your problems, right? Like your internet. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you gotta like. And you want your Waffle House or your fucking In and Out? You know, you're you're doomed. (laughs) Yeah, true. Have you thought about doing that on your property, like building tracks and stuff? No, no. I kind of have to keep it the way it is because we're like part of this like protected area. Mm, Right, like Crown Land or something like that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Like, it's all like I own it, but it's protected. It's environmentally protected because ducks and salamanders or whatever. Oh, nice salamanders. That's sick. Yeah, I've never seen one, but okay. <laughs> yeah, they're probably in the water, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I go, I go out there a lot. We got a lot of cool little streams that I walk around, and so I, I still, I, I actually spent a whole day looking for one. I couldn't fucking find one. Damn. Have you still got the Function One outside? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the, uh, it's covered up for the winter, but right. Yeah, that's the coolest shit. Just being able to hang out in the pool and listen to Function One. And you like blast it too, and no one fucking cares, you know. Mm. yeah like i said man it's a great place and i love it here it's relaxing and i can work and and do my thing i could like to stay hermitized in this little pool house office and and do my thing but 
at the same note too it's like oh, fuck man i just hope i get to keep it you know mm. yeah totally <laughs> yeah it's a fun place to hang out i could see how you'd never really get bored there because like on one hand like living out in the middle of nowhere i'd be kind of paranoid about getting bored probably but on the other hand it's a just, it's a personality thing i think yeah but like um, i i can do it mm-hmm. i don't i don't need to be around people you know what i mean like i don't my wife does though like kelly she she's a social little butterfly like so you know well when we used to she would go out to clubs go to dinners go to restaurants with friends and like i'm i'm the fucking complete opposite i hated it i still do you know so it's like i got that kind of personality that's like totally cool with being a mountain hermit or whatever you know (laughs) you hate going to restaurants with friends i do i do i really do damn it's like one of my favorite things to do yeah i i just it's the process man waiting for food like and all that shit Mm. it's like fuck like if you're cooking it that's one thing you know because i do that a lot like i cook and do my own meals and all this shit it's not like i got this magic fucking food delivery (laughs) apparatus but um it's just like you know sitting around and i always find myself i'm on my phone the whole fucking time Mm. yeah totally i'm that guy (laughs) you know what i mean Yeah, what I usually do is uh, I'll be on my phone, but I'll just have like chess puzzles open and I'll just leave them like sitting on the table in front of me, like for everyone to see kind of. As a conversation piece? Yeah. No, just like <laughs> so I can see the board and like think about it whilst like doing other shit. It's just like in the. Oh, it's like your fidget spinner? Yeah, pretty much. Like just so I can right. sit here and like look at a problem whilst like. You play chess online? Yeah, I play on chess. We should try. Have you ever played? Chess? Yeah. I, I know how. Okay, cool. Yeah, we should definitely play chess. Dude, I, I can't promise greatness, but like I know the rules. I know I know how the game works. Yeah, man, you'd probably get good at it real quick, to be honest. Because like um, I mean, like you you got really good at PUBG and like Rocket League and stuff like that. I, I think it's just like <laughs> fucking headshot your fucking bishop. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's a different like set of <laughs> yeah. skills, but I think like the mechanics to get good are the same, right? It's like you just get obsessive about it and like play it a lot and like. Yeah. get really like really focused about like the way you learn about it and stuff like that because it's like one thing to just be casually playing games all the time it's another thing to be like doing exercises to try and get better at the game do you do that yeah i mean i like i said i just have like puzzles sitting on the desk all the time oh oh right oh so they're like predetermined chess moves that that are for quiz purposes yeah, so what it'll, what it'll do is um, some people compose puzzles and other people just, like, pull them from games where there's, like, a... You know, <laughs> like a famous game or something? Yeah, exactly. But there's, like, a database of, like, you know, a couple of hundred thousand positions and it'll just, like, throw out a position at you and it'll be like, all right, what's the move here? But it won't tell you what the actual, like, uh, right. goal is. Like, it won't tell you, like, oh, try and find a maiden two or, like, try and find a way to win, an ad- win a pawn or something like that. Like, it won't tell you what... what what you're trying to do but it'll just show you the the puzzle and just be like what's the best thing to do here and you just have to right. kind of figure it out um that's cool a little, little exercise yeah yeah it's a, it's a good passive way i think to to do chess without actually playing games because if you're playing a game you have to like really invest yourself into it yeah especially well if your pro- opponents vary too it's like i'm sure that well it splits your style up like all over the place you know yeah, for sure, but it's all it's all ELO rated. And actually, did you know ELO was invented for chess? Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it was like originally invented to like figure out who should verse who in chess, and then it got adapted to stuff like you know CS:GO and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it went that straight makes sense. went straight from chess to, <laughs> to CS:GO. 
I was actually oh, yeah. reading about the ELO rating system the other day on um, Wikipedia. It's actually pretty interesting the way it works. Does somebody own it? Did, did somebody own it? No. Yeah. I mean, like it because if it's an algorithm. Oh, uh, maybe some guy definitely invented it. His name is Arpad Elo. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So wait, two. The difference in the ratings between two players serves as a predictor of the outcome of a match. So two players with equal ratings who play against each other are expected to score an equal number of wins, but a player whose rating is a hundred points greater than their opponents is expected to score sixty-four percent wins. And if the difference is 200 points, then the expected <laughs> score for the stronger player is 76%. And that's for chess. Yeah, but I mean, like, it would be the same. For, I didn't know it was point-based. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I thought it was objective-based. No, so, like, with CSGO, for instance, uh, behind the ranks, right, like, you've got DMG, Master Guardian, like, all that crap. But behind yeah. all of that is a number, right? So, like, um, from, say, like, Nova 4 or something, that number might be 1,400. And then the next one up, whatever it is, the AK thing, might be like 1,600. And then the next one might be 1,800 and so on and so forth. So it's like if you're a AK, whatever that rank is called, versus a Nova 4, um, then I guess the AK is like predicted to win 64% of the time. Right. Which is kind of hard to, to quantify, I think, with CSGO. I guess the only way you could do it, like the only data you would have is like, I guess, accuracy and amount of kills to deaths or something like that. I don't really know. They never really actually said how they work it out with CSGO because I think if they did, people would just like you know, play the system to try and get their rank it up. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so they like wanted to keep it a secret as to how it worked. There's probably like fucking two people in the universe who know how that shit works for CSGO, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, ELO and the other guy. Yeah, yeah, Gabe. Gaben. <laughs> he, he's into cars. Is he, he? He does a lot of stuff with racing, yeah. That makes sense. I feel like anyone who's just got like serious amounts of money to blow eventually goes like, fuck it, I should get a car. <laughs> or a racing pigeon. A, a racing pigeon? Why? Oh, yeah. Some of those go up there, man. Some of those racing pigeons are like sixty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 for a fucking pigeon. Wow. Oh, no, no, millions, actually. What the fuck? Yeah. Racing pigeons. I've never yeah. even like... Yeah, if you ever thought I was an elitist, look up these fucking dudes. Racing pigeon cost. Yeah. All right. For comparison, the average price for a good racing pigeon is in the $2,800 range. Average. That's the average. Okay. Nick New Kim, a two-year-old champion racing pigeon, was sold at an auction for a record-breaking $1.8 million. There you go. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> a pigeon sold for almost $2 million. Yeah. Fucking hell. Like, what? I wonder what the fucking ROI is on that. I mean, if you, like, bred the pigeon from scratch, um, $1.8 million, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you spawn this guy, you just uh, made one point eight million. Fucking Mila Jogovic fucking <laughs> sat on this fucking egg. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what's the appeal for racing pigeons? Like, what are they? Uh, I don't even know. I think pigeons just kind of do their own fucking thing. So I don't understand how you like grade a racing pigeon. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, look at that one. It's like what? Speed, I guess. Like from point A to point B, I guess would be the determining factor for me because, you know, going to the big pigeon race, which I've never even fucking seen or heard of. You know what I mean? Like, where do they meet up yeah, somewhere in fucking okay. Kazakhstan? All right. So and unleash these pigeons and whoever gets to the other 
side of the canyon wins? I, I don't get it. So it says racing pigeons are trained by repeated practice to return to their home loft when released at various distances and to enter the loft through trapdoors. And at the start of the race, competing birds are banded and then they are then liberated together by a starter who records the time of release. Okay, so they just like train them to go back to their house and then take them really far away from their house. <laughs> yeah, but like... But then you get a group of guys together with their own pigeons to do that and make a weekend out of it. <laughs> and you think golf is fucked up, you know? Yeah, this might be the weirdest sport. I've oh, no. I'm, I'm, that's just the first one that came to mind. I'm sure there's far worse. Like curling. But, like, I mean, ESPN definitely does not cover fucking pigeon racing. Yeah. It'd be cool if they did, though. <laughs> Trying to see. The, oh, doping. Wow. Doping and pigeon <laughs> racing is the doping, practice. doping your fucking pigeon. Dude, 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 check out this sentence. It says, "Doping in pigeon racing is the practice of giving performance-enhancing drugs to avian races." <laughs> wow, they call them avian races. The drugs are used to produce similar effects to those. Found well, you got to make it. You got to give it a euphemistic title. It can't be just like pigeon racing. Yeah, yeah, avian races. It doesn't sound as fancy as like an equestrian. <clears throat> yeah, right. I'm a fucking aviator or whatever. <laughs> what, what is the, what's the nomenclature for a guy who fucking races a pigeon? Then he's not a jockey. He doesn't ride the fucking thing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, what what is a pigeon racing? Falconeer, oh, fucking. <laughs> I guess avian racer. No, because then that would mean they were doping themselves. That'd be pretty funny, right? If, like, <laughs> they just it's like the, at the RC car race where the guys controlling the cars are like fucking jacked up on meth. Like Adderall or something. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, RC car racing. I've never really seen much about that, too. I, I've seen... Dude, I, I, I've seen a bunch on the internet. It's, it's fucking crazy. You know what? You know what the craziest fucking one is? Okay, get this. Professional slot car racing. Go, Isn't YouTube that just like fucking, stuck on a track? Yes, but you got to watch the pros do it. It's so fucking crazy. You don't even see the cars. And you you see their heads going like this. Oh, my God. Like over like a massive fucking track, too. It's not even a little track. All right, I'm looking at, holy shit, these things go fast. Right? Like, what is the fucking point of I mean, this? it looks really cool. Dude, if one of those things comes off... It's gonna it's gonna stick through their chest yeah. and like get lodged into their lung. Yeah, dude. If, if that like it's someone, these things must be like seriously in that track because like look at this sport though. Can you believe this shit? Yeah, like I don't see how one would go faster than another unless it was like oh my god, one of them fell off the track and a guy's putting his hand on the track with these other things going past. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking sketchy. It's like trying to shouldn't they just all trying to get a twig out of your fucking lawnmower <laughs> while it's still running. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. Aren't these things just like predefined to go a certain speed on a track? Like no, I'm sure one is like one fraction of a millisecond faster than the other one. Uh, and how they're calculating this? They have to be using some computer assisted fucking timing shit because. Who's going faster? Who's winning? What is going on? All I see are these fucking weirdos like with their fucking heads bobbing around trying to find their car on the track like they know which one's theirs. You know, you know, well, they're, like, they're all different colors by the looks, although each track is a different color. Right. So but I think probably what, which, what this is. Which smudge is yours? Yeah, right. I think um the 
appeal here is uh they like build the car themselves yes yes yeah and then it's like who can build the fastest slot car but i mean all the slot cars look pretty much the same so maybe there's just like a found method that's like pretty like everything else is being bred out because it doesn't work or something yeah i mean i'm not shitting on it i think it's cool as fuck but it's just it's just so funny how many weird fucking competitive things there are out there yeah that's true yeah slot car racing is is a good one so my dad basically got to like age, I don't know, 60 or something like that. And then was just like, I'm just going to get massively into RC planes. And then yeah. just started building RC planes. And um, now we have like... A lot a, of people, that's a pretty popular thing, man. Dude, he's got Especially like, around where I live. Yeah, he's got like a hundred of them. It's fucking crazy. Like he just has a shed Jeez. just full of them and like drones and RC helicopters and shit. Right. Well, like think of like the billionaire who loves planes. You know what I mean? Like he'll mm. buy a whole hangar full. Right. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, I, I remember listening to the H three podcast when you're on speaking there. Speaking of you... speaking of billionaires that love planes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was, I was uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I guess that's not related. But um, I was listening to the H three podcast and you said someone was like flying a drone like over your fence at some point. Oh, that asshole. Yeah. Was that like after the your EDM thing? Yeah. Yeah, right. How many people have showed up since then? Well, whatever. I mean, there's there's showed up, which I can deal with or don't. You know, it's not like I'm like standing up looking at the window every fucking time a car goes by. Like, mm. fuck, I got shit to do. But in the summer day and day off, and, you know, me and the wife are out just sitting around in the yard. And then, you know, a car will come up and they'll slow down. They'll take a picture and then carry on their way. That's fine. I don't care. But like fucking it's the people that like stop, pull into the service gate, get out, start yelling, fucking honking their horns. You know what I mean? It's like, for what? Yeah, it's pretty rude. Well, yeah, not only that, but like, but what is what is your thought process? What's the end game? Hey, come on in. Let's party. <laughs> yeah, I'm just partying 24 well, seven in here. <laughs> I'm not fucking. What's his name from the Beatles? Ringo Starr. No, the other guy, John Lennon. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> I, 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 I kind of have this feeling that that might have been staged. Wait, what was he doing? He was just inviting. Remember, everyone? remember? No, no, no. He, he. There was like a. There, he had a stalker guy. Oh, the guy was who it, shot him. No, no. Wait, different guy actually. Um, uh, he would be like hanging around, and uh, but the guy had like I think some kind of mental issues because he thought that the lyrics meant this and that and they they were talking about him and all this stuff and he showed up to his house and for whatever reason cameras were rolling that's why i'm like that's this is kind of weird and he's just like you know oh come in let's talk and then he invites him in and he sits down and they're just chilling in his fucking kitchen it's on i'm sure it's on the internet somewhere it's like and then you say like hey you know these words they don't mean anything it's just it's just me talking about a yellow fucking submarine because it just sounded funny it doesn't mean that and then it was like oh but anyway but it was like all filmed in the light that you know he brought in this person into his home and i i, I find that a little dubious like the og virtue signaling kind maybe maybe but i don't know like because I, I i can't i I can't. I don't have a deep understanding of the psyche of John fucking Lennon as a human, <laughs> so it's like I can't make that assessment. But like, I mean, I think that was like pre-internet white knighting shit. Because like, fucking man, if that were to happen to me, but this is today in 2020, if some fucking dude's creeping around my fucking bushes, 
first call is going to be to fucking a buddy. And then the next call is going to be an ambulance. And then the next call is going to be the fucking police. You know what I mean? It's not going to be me getting a film crew uh, on hand. Who's ready to go and start filming this interaction between me and this guy creeping around my bushes. Dude, I'm going to crack your fucking head in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. (laughs) It's just weird watching this shit because it's just like, yeah, it's going to be a weird thing to deal with once you get to that level. I mean, I I don't like the worst thing I get is like maybe some weird people in my DMs like once a year or something. Um, I probably get that way more than I would like, but mm. I don't I don't ever check that shit. So right. that's something like I think I like about not being on social media is I don't get the guy that's like, hey, I'm going to come over and fucking kill you because, you know, strobe was my original idea that you stole <laughs> out of my dreams you know, you know what i mean like and and i would get shit like that weird well not weird scary because <laughs> like fuck i have to go out in public and play shows where this fucking idiot or someone like him is gonna be you know what i mean so like that's why security is security you know like not because i'm fucking you know i need a, a guy to go beat someone up on fuck command no, because like there are people like that out there and the more popular to get you get, the worse it fucking gets. And that sucks. I hate that about fucking popularity or fame or whatever the fuck it is. I can't stand it. Yeah. I feel like um, there's this weird asymmetry, right, with like the musician or just whatever artist and fan relationship. Because what happens, I mean, especially in my case where I have like a podcast and I do like tutorials online and I stream and like, I mean, you do the same thing. It's like you put so much of yourself out there, right? So there's like fans out there who have all of this like information of you to connect with and they think they know you really well and they like develop this picture of you. And and it feels like they're hanging out with you a lot. So they kind of they feel like they know you really well but that's one way thing and then not only is it just kind of construed together to however they wanted to perceive that is you know nothing about them Mm -hmm, so that conversation just instantly becomes awkward when when that happens in reality where you two meet in person you know what i mean so like you got you know normal people that were like you know obviously that don't build these constructs of you uh, you know, without actually, you know, interacting with you personally. And, and I've even done that. I, I do that all the fucking time. It's like, I just don't, I just don't act on it. It's that like, you know, it's like I'm on a flight and Will Ferrell sitting next to me. I, I'm not going to go talk to him because I feel like I know him. Mm. I really do. You know what I mean? But he doesn't fucking know me. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So we can't have this instant connection that I would already have over him. You know what I mean? I feel like with and, Will Ferrell, you kind of could though. But you, you, <laughs> you really you don't know. Yeah, and true. you say that about fucking, you know, Robin Williams, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you just don't you don't know a person. Yeah. Especially uh, with actors. Right. It's like who's going to see through that level of acting? They're like the best actors in the world. Even the worst actors, it doesn't matter. Like a human interaction requires human interaction. That's how you truly get familiar with someone it's like me and you can fucking converse online and, and in person because we kind of got a base idea of kind of where we are each other are at with that kind of fucking conversation, like, or that connection. Right. But like, you know, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even sit down with Trent Reznor for like fucking five fucking minutes without me having to cut it off because it's like, I 
low keyed looked up to uh, high keyed looked up to the fucking guy who studied all his music and and basically you know what i am today is actually a lot to do with him you know so when it comes down to you know and then finally i'm on the up and up and then then life is good and i can fucking do this and that uh you know he he's we got talking about some other project that i i did with him and some other shit and i was like hey man we should just go let's go slum it up at fucking mel's and grab a bite you know and it's like sitting down with him it's like i had to fucking not say anything because i i don't want to say you know like oh hey man like i get where you're coming from when you're writing this shit or like you know what i mean it's like i i know nothing about him so like i just have to it's hard to put up that barrier uh, between what you know and then what you're what you're receiving right then in the moment you know mm. which era of uh of trent Reznor's stuff do you like the best era because yeah because i mean there's kind of like heroin trent and then there's like post heroin trent right oh yeah no i i i think it's all there are, i think the parts i like the most were obviously in in all of those eras you know what i mean the the thing that just you will never take away from him um no matter what fucking state he's in where he's like i'm a fucking the worst fucking person to deal with rock star guy or now he's like i'm just mellow chill fucking doing film soundtrack guy mm. um he's no matter what he's always had this like you know this connotation of this melodic structure you know what i mean that he applied in any of those eras so i'm not really necessarily like in favor or connecting to any particular era of his fucking state of mind or state of play what he was doing at the time you know what i mean because like people have good days people have bad days but that, that doesn't have anything to do with that thought process that went into a work with that person did you know what i mean mm, yeah true and do you reckon he got paid a shitload of money for old town road i don't know probably was, you know old town road right that song that yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so like the sample from it is a, a nine inch nails b-side yeah i mean a shitload of money i mean that's all like super subjective i mean do i think the guy gives his shit enough to fucking you know go into fucking court with a bunch of fucking weenies over a fucking <laughs> sample you know it's almost not even worth the attention that you're gonna get you mm. know from doing that you know right i mean i could count like on fucking eight hands how many times people have ripped me off and i went so fucking what but other times where i kind of had to make a stand and fucking do a thing because if you don't do that fucking thing and if you don't shut these assholes down from time to time people are just gonna fucking walk all over you it's like taking your fucking shoes in prison you know you <laughs> fight that fucking dude you punch him in the fucking face yeah you're gonna get your fucking ass kicked but you fucking fight because guess what you know, you, you give him those fucking shoes. You're going to be giving them your lunch. You're going to be, you know what I mean? They're just going to walk all over you. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. With Trent stuff, I've, I've been really enjoying his film scores. I actually watched Gone Girl last Oh, night. that's an amazing one. Yeah. Gone Girl's good. The movie yeah. itself is really good too. Cool concept. His whole collaboration with Atticus really brought out a lot of that really cool shit that he did, I think. Mm. Like the way the two work together, you know? Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell, I think, with your stuff, like, the melodic sense is pretty similar. It's, like, kind of dark, but also, like, very cinematic. and In a way. But I, I think that that kind of symbiotic relationship between the two of them was, like, you know, Trent's music, and then Atticus is kind of, like, sound sculpting. Mm. Yeah. You know? You think Atticus is, like, a better sound designer? Well, maybe. <laughs> you, you know, like one guy pencils it in the other guy fucking goes over with the ink you know mm. 
Yeah, right. That's like that mole rat joke, right? He's like, yeah, you're just a tracer. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah, there's a... Is it Mole Rats or is it Chasing Amy or Clerks? It's like... Any of those movies I've never seen. Yeah, they were... Kevin Smith movie. Everybody in the high school played those fucking movies and they would talk about it, make jokes about it all day. And it it, they got so annoying to me that I'm like, I'm never watching this fucking movie now. Oh, they're good though, man. Kevin Smith is good. I'm sure they are. I I can probably quote the whole fucking movie without ever having to fucking see it. (laughs) Mm. Just having lived through grade nine... (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever watched any, uh, have you watched Red State by Kevin Smith? No. That's a good one. It's like a weird movie for him to make, right? Because he made like Clerks, Chasing Amy, like all these funny, lighthearted like comedies, like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and all that shit. Then he made this movie called Red State, which is about like uh, these full right-wing conservative Christians who run a old, like a ranch out in the middle of nowhere and take hostages and shit. It's like a really dark movie. It's based, I think, on the Westboro Baptist Church, something like that. Mm. Or like, oh, that writes itself then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a based on <laughs> type of thing. But uh, it's got some good actors and it. it's got, I think, Michael Caine and John Goodman. Like, it's a good oh, movie. That's good. That's a good one. I like it when people do shit like that. Yeah. Like, man, I like yeah. it when Jim Carrey plays a bad guy. Totally, or, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's always... <clears throat> what's a good example of that? Um, fucking oh, man, Red. The, no, the... Red ba- from fucking... Uh, that 70s shows in Robocop, man. Dude, no, the best example of this <laughs> I can think of is this movie called Wolf Creek. And this guy called John Jarrett <clears throat> plays the... Uh, it's an Australian... Or he's an Australian. This guy called John Jarrett plays the, the like, murderer... But this guy, John Jarrett, was like the host on this show in Australia back in the day that was played at like 6 p.m. at night called Better Homes and Gardens, <laughs> which is like show That's you how funny. to like plant your cruciferous plants or whatever and like show you, you how to- You can't unsee it. That's the thing that a lot of people get like so typecast into that no, but fucking this is, shit. This is the thing, man, is he like plays the murderer so fucking well. He does it good? Yeah. And it's like the, the best shit ever. But it's just crazy because he just came from like midday television style yeah, stuff. Well, but that's what I mean. It's like that guy, like uh, George Costanza, like he's he's a, a brilliant fucking actor. Like he could do this crazy fucking range. He's like the guy is like a fucking prodigy actor, you know, like but it, just because of what he's done, he can't be cast for this or that or that and not be taken fucking seriously, you know? Yeah, same with uh, Kramer, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> Kramer's got some other fucking shit going on that he's probably worked through by now. But yeah, like that kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? You, they played that role so often so much that it's just like you're that. And if you go into any other like different roles or something like that, no matter how good of a job you fucking do by, you know, disassociating that character and having another thing, I'm still going to see scenes of you opening the door like an idiot and stumbling in. You know what I mean? Even though he's playing like a fucking killer that's what i mean i just i recently watched robocop and then that that fucking one of the the bad guys was the the actor that later did the 70s show and he's gonna be back and now i'm watching robocop and every time i see him on the screen i'm like i gotta break my foot off in your ass robocop (laughs) i'm like (laughs) you know yeah, man. Uh, that's, I mean, I guess George Costanza probably doesn't need any more money at this point because Seinfeld just did so well. But fuck money. I it just you, no. It I would mean, be cool to see him in some other shit though, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah, he's a good. I actor. mean, th- that's what I say about EDM. I I do the same fucking thing. I fuck 
progressive house, fucked up step. Like I, I want to do something different. I want to do something different. And I, I think I've done a, a reasonably okay job with not pinning down my shit, mm. you know, cause I, I know a fucking Hardwell track when I fucking hear one, you right. know, and I, I know a Tiesto track when I hear one, I know a fucking this track when I hear, I, I hate to say it, but I know Mr. Bill track when I hear it. Oh yeah, it's the editing. Most of the time, most of, you know what you, you well, I, in your credit though, you absolutely blew my fucking mind with the mom and dad shit. Oh, thanks. Glad you liked it. Yeah, that I did not see coming, so that was cool. But I, but I mean, you know, like the whole everyone's got their staple thing, and I've always like kind of made a point to do a rap song. I'm gonna do a hip hop beat. And I'm going to do a fucking glitch thing. I'm going to do this house thing. And I'm going to well, do this because I, I don't want to get pigeon fucked into being. Well, I think you ghost and stuff guy. Right. I, but I think you've kind of always done that, right? Like you've always written like IDM stuff and you've always written like, you know, boards of Canada sounding type stuff and whatnot. It's just like the top 20 tracks of yours that, you know, hit millions of plays all happen to be house tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just shows you the, the, the chart you know what i mean like the, the what to do when you need to do it so if you know funds are running tight <laughs> get that top line out and fucking crank out. down the bpm and you know, pull out the uh ghosts and stuff project and just rearrange yeah, it or yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah totally why just not gotta download that guy's midi pack have you gotten those ads that midi pack guy's like i got you <laughs> what no i don't get ads oh dude oh how come you just use a blocker no, I just don't use the internet. I don't oh, right. like on Facebook or no, no, like on YouTube. This dude. Just no, like, I, I bought premium just so I don't have to deal with ads. You know why I bought premium? The only reason I bought premium because I could deal with fucking ads until all the ads started going. This is a cardinal sin of EDM. Oh, fuck! <laughs> all right. I'm fucking I'm buying premium. Shut up. <laughs> I got my ad every time I did a fucking search every fucking time is me well, at, least and, uh, yeah. at least masterclass is doing their job god damn too good man like <laughs> fuck yeah they're they definitely they spent more on advertising than they did on me 100 percent. yeah right yeah uh, <laughs> how do you even get hooked up with that because i know gary kasparov did one about chess on there too which is pretty cool uh it's run by um christina aguilera's husband oh right interesting yeah so crazy how like connected just the entire music industry is or it's just the entire entertainment industry yeah they've done really well yeah and like uh it. they were really well produced like it, it took us a solid seven days of filming like That's it wasn't not that some long. fucking chop shop crew they literally like turned my entire house into a post unit wow like like fuck my living room had fucking huge post lab fucking catering in the <clears throat> kitchen there was about 25 fucking grips like it was really, it was fucking movie tier Damn, those production. 20, so Masterclass sent 25 people out to your house. Oh, at least, at least. They took over like my whole house. Like my, my fucking laundry room was a fucking color correction fucking <laughs> suite. Where did they stay? Was, did they all stay at your house or did they stay other places? Uh, hotel. Hotel, right. Yeah, and then they just came in, and then we had, like, catering trucks and all that fucking shit. And I'm thinking, like, I thought they were just going to send a guy with a DLSR and fucking... Yeah, right. Okay, say, say the line, Bart. <laughs> fucking, this is a cardinal sin of EDM or fucking whatever. But, uh, it, yeah, no, it, it was a big fucking deal. It was really well done, so... Damn. Um, yeah, like... So I think that's what really attracted a lot of the, you know, the initial rounds of it when, when Werner Herzog does his and all that shit, because Wait, know, Werner they were Herzog getting... did a mask class. Fuck yeah. Dude, he was sick. like one of the first ones. Oh wow. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. 
Yeah, that Grizzly Man movie is sick. What, what else has he done? He, oh, he did that other one where, like, those people wanted to take that ship over the mountain or whatever. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That, and then the, the volcano one. Yeah. Yeah, Werner's awesome. I love how he's just, like, always is so existential, right? He's, like, just saying the deepest, like, nastiest shit. He's the shit. fucking, uh, who's the guy who fucking narrates the nature videos? David Attenborough? Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, the... Dave Attenborough of Existential Things. Right. Yeah, he's a good one. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Well, hey, man, I'm, I'm probably going to go eat some food because I pretty much woke up and just started... Fuck, I've eaten a, like a full course jerk chicken dinner here during this one. So you <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah. starving. Yeah, I got to go relight a million scenes. For the uh, show? For this stupid... No, the stupid game thing I'm doing. Oh, right, that's right. N- That's not a game. Oh, yes, the not a game thing. Yeah, <laughs> not a game game. Cool, man. All right, well, buddy. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. See you later. Hey, thanks for listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. These episodes are edited and uploaded twice a week by Robert Fumo of 303podpro.com. You can also support the show, get early access to episodes and hear bonus content by going to patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bill's Tunes and becoming a patron. Uh, Please rate and review on iTunes unless you're going to be a little shit about it. And all the links to my various platforms are at mrbillstunes.com. Thank you.